Helping you through the hump day. Welcome in to the Wednesday, y'all, with your host, John Rawl. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Hope everybody's day's going good as we get you through the p.m. on this great day of the week. Kind of the halftime show here on Wednesdays of the Y'all Show, the midpoint of the week. We've got ACC football talk coming up in just a bit as Jonathan Leifite will be joining us. Some news on the ACC front, and it's not all good news. We'll tell you about that. Stay tuned for an ACC report from 24-7 Sports' Jonathan Leifite later this hour. Hour two, we've got our hashtag hullabaloo. Some really fun stuff, some really fun gifs that I've found that I want to share with you, bring you a good smile here on a Wednesday. Also in hour two, our friend Precious Harris will be checking in from Music Row, Nashville, Tennessee, and she'll give you all that's going on in the world of entertainment, Nashville style. The Nashville Music Line with Precious, that's coming up in hour two. And we begin our hour here, our first hour, talking some Southern news and happenings. And the first place we'll go is the University of North Carolina. This was a developing story on Monday night and Tuesday. And here we are on Wednesday, and I am just heartbroken. And what happened to the Silent Sam Confederate statue on the campus of the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill on Monday night? Now, this monument has been the point of controversy for some for a long time. It's a statue put up by the University of North Carolina in 1913 to honor all of the soldiers that went to fight in the Civil War that had been students at the University of North Carolina. UNC no different than a lot of schools across the South, including the University of South Carolina, known as South Carolina College at the time that sent soldiers who fought and died, and other colleges, state flagship universities like University of Mississippi and University of Alabama, all had significant numbers of their students fight in the Civil War. Well, they have, North Carolina had more fight and die than any in the entire Civil War. The state, and I think the university itself also, had the largest number of soldiers that fought in the Civil War. And so this statue had been on guard on the UNC campus since way back in the early part of the 20th century. Well, on Monday night, a crowd gathered and the monument came down around 9.15 and before it came down, protesters had covered the statue with these large banners correcting an alternative monument that one of the banners said, for a world without white supremacy. And while these banners were up around the Silent Sam statue, a lot of the protesters took off down Franklin Street, which is nearby, and that was kind of a diversionary tactic now looking back. And the police seemed to be more drawn to that and while that was going on on Franklin Street, someone or some people found a way to put rope around the Silent Sam statue and bring it toppling to the ground. And then after that happened, these thugs spit on it, shoveled dirt on it. Luckily, it was made very well. It didn't shatter when it did fall. But it, it's an ugly scene, and it is a, a scene of people getting out of control for no reason at all, over a monument to American war dead. That's what this is. This is not a white supremacy monument. This is not a monument to glorify the Confederacy. These monuments are simply what they say they are. They're to honor the Confederate dead. And if you don't like that, then you don't like history. Okay? And that's why I'm sick and tired 
of these thugs, and that's what you had in Chapel Hill, and that's what you had in Durham following what happened in Charlottesville. Remember, 15 miles up the road in Charlottesville is Durham, and last year we saw thugs, some of which are the same thugs, bring down a statue there on the courthouse in, in Durham, and they were prosecuted, and guess what? All the charges ended up being dropped. No one was really per prosecuted for that, and that is influencing this decision in Chapel Hill to go bring this down, and the University of North Carolina did very little to stop it. Very little. I watched the video. I watched it essentially as it was happening, and UNC Chancellor Carol Folt pretty much, they had a hands-off a policy toward these protesters, and it is a darn shame. I would like to use stronger language. If you don't like something, you go through the legal way to change it if you are able to do that. I don't know if North Carolina has a law protecting its monuments like some states, including Tennessee and Mississippi have, and South Carolina too. But in North Carolina, this statue had been able to withstand an assault for a couple of years by, I call them left-wing protesters that really... They really don't like the statue, but what they really don't like is Donald Trump. I saw some of the signs. They were all referencing the White House from what I could see. That's what it's really about. It's not about a Confederate statue for an unknown soldier. It's about Trump. It's about being a left-wing radical, and that's exactly what this protest was. And, that, and, and unfortunately, UNC didn't have the kahunas to do the right thing and stop this protest. And it got out of control. The governor of North Carolina, who is a Democrat, he had a very limp excuse for the violence. And it was violence. I mean, they violently tore down a monument. I mean, nobody got hurt that I know of. That's a good news. But I don't know how people didn't get hurt, frankly. And then maybe, maybe this is not over with. The statue should go right back up. And, and I think it should stay there. But maybe smarter people than me will find a better place if they have to move it somewhere. But you don't tear down statues. You don't destruct property in public places. And that was the rub by the governor even said that. Now, a former governor of North Carolina came out on Tuesday, and he had some strong words. Pat McCrory is comparing the protesters from Monday night to help who helped topple the statue with Nazis. The Charlotte Observer reports that McCrory was asked Tuesday if the protesters are any different from Nazis who tore down the statues and burned books in the 1920s and 30s, and he made this on the morning show on WBT Radio. So it sounds like he may have been drawn to the question, but I don't want to compare these left-wingers to Nazis, but certainly by their thugness and their total disregard of law and police, and I saw a sign, uh, I wish I had the quote in front of me that was on the sign, but a sign that was left on the ground after the 2017 toppling down of a statue in Durham specifically called Confederates and Cops Nazis, I think. And again, they're just grabbing for anything they can to, to, to be as radical as they can. But North Carolina, which oddly enough, you know what the nickname for the North Carolina athletic teams are? The nickname is Tar Heels. Do you know where the name Tar Heels comes from? It's not from some little ram. It comes from North Carolina's Confederate soldiers during the Civil War who fought like they had tar on their hills and fought off the Union advance. That's where that name comes from. And here they are at this school that's proud of their Tar Heels. And I don't want to 
purely blame this on the UNC students. I'm sure they had some outside agitation going on too. Really set a bad example. And you got to say, it's pretty darn hypocritical to take down a statue of a Confederate soldier when your glorious nickname is Tar Heels. And as if you know anything about sports, a lot of Southern teams have Civil War era references to their nicknames, especially in the South, from the Rebels to the Razorbacks to the LSU Tigers to, let's see, I know I'm missing one or two out there somewhere that are pretty big schools. But yeah, that is Civil War. And then then we go to the North, a lot of teams have references to Civil War times, including the Kansas Jayhawks. But we don't want to talk about the North. We'll talk about the South. But an ugly situation at UNC. I was at UNC in the fall of 2016, just after the presidential election. I was on Franklin Street. And at that time, this was two or three weeks after the election, they were having protests then about the election. And I wasn't having it. Luckily, I had a couple of cocktails in me, and I was on about a fifth floor of a hotel there on Franklin Street, and I heard these protesters who had blocked traffic, and I saw the police lights coming down the street slowly. I'm like, what's going on there? And someone said, oh, yeah, they're, pro- they're protesting the election. I said, oh, no, not having that, because I got tired of seeing it for like two weeks, all these people claiming that not my president, and the other words being slammed at, at Trump at the time. So because I had a few in me, by the time I got down to the lobby of the hotel and went out on Franklin Street, to my credit, the crowd had gone somewhere else or either it had dissipated, and I didn't get into a oral or physical confrontation with anyone. And I'm glad, looking back, that, that maybe me the only good time that was a good choice to drink because I was so, not totally hammered, but I was enough under the influence that slowed my walking to get downstairs and I missed out on what could have been an ugly situation because I, I, just like many of you in the South, I had gotten tired of people protesting the election. The election was over. Trump won. Maybe he's going to end up being a terrible president, but let's, let's give the guy a chance. Instead of, once again, a lot of people on the left have to constantly find something to complain about. And in that case, it was the election. And in 2018, it's the election and silent Sam, and they'll find something else to protest. This is this is going to be a recurring thing, and this will catch steam, and you'll see more and more protests against Confederate statues, and you'll see, I think, more and more efforts to tear down statues without even thinking about it. The numbers are so strong in the left socialist side of things, in my opinion, that you're going to see more and more of these college-age kids and these people that are, that have no sense of their history or no sense of law and order what do they care? I mean, in Durham, they did the same thing and nobody got prosecuted. Why not tear it down? Why not climb up there and destroy something over 100 years old that would cost a fortune to build and has for 100 years stood for something, and that something being remembering the fallen soldiers of the 19th century. But now, these people that know so much about history, when in fact they know nothing, they want to rebrand it as racist, white supremacist. And I'll tell you who is a major force in that cause. His name is Dr. Edward Ayers. He's the retired professor at the University of Richmond, and he still works at the University of Richmond. He's a Civil War scholar, but he is the leading proponent of the theory that all these Confederate statues were put up to 
promote white supremacy. And that is just not the case. These, these statues were put up at the time period. They were put up 1890 to 1920 and 30. They were put up because that's when people had the money to pay for them. And that's when you generally put up statues for war dead. You don't put it up a year at, later. You don't put it up five years later. We're just now getting to Vietnam. We're still, in some cases, getting to World War II statues in our part of the country. And, and some places don't have anything. That's just a total myth put out by Edward Ayers, Dr. Edward Ayers. And it absolutely is being, that, that theory that he came up with and has put in books and, and he goes around consulting places even, that is the catch line that everybody's using. Well, these statues are white supremacy and all this. And that's, it's just an absolute lie. And you heard it here on the Y'all Show. I'm pretty passionate about our Confederate statues. I'm passionate about any historical statue, no matter what the case. Even if it's a bad statue, bad, something related to something bad, people need to know history. For God's sakes, they don't get it in school. Teachers don't have a clue. School History is so unimportant in, in, in school, and pe people are more concerned about sports than history. And anything that's a reminder about our nation's history, our region's history, we should know. I don't have any problem learning about civil rights programs and history and monuments. That's fine. But we need to remember our Civil War. We need to remember our Revolutionary War people and heroes and places, Indian Wars that happened in the South, other activities and such. All history is good history. Even if it was bad, you weren't part of it, but you can learn what it was. There's no crime in that. Florida has been in the news a lot for this upcoming political cycle, and we told you recently about a person running in state government in Florida that lied about her education, and she's had to back out of the race. Well, now a major newspaper in Florida thinks that Bettina Rodriguez Aguilera, a House candidate in the state of Florida, is out of this world. The Miami Herald has endorsed this Republican this candidate is trying to replace an outgoing congresswoman in Florida's 27th congressional district. And the candidate, who was a former Doral councilwoman, made headlines after she claimed she was visited by extraterrestrials, which she's described as appearing like women with long blonde hair when she was seven years old. So abducted by aliens and now endorsed by a major newspaper in South Florida, Bettina Rodriguez Aguilera a Republican running for Congress. And I can tell you, I like history. I don't know if this is history or not going on in South Florida with a possible alien abduction for a Republican running for office there. Also in Florida, Jimmy Buffett. He is putting on a free concert in support of Democratic candidate for Governor Gwen Graham, according to Graham's campaign. The concert's going to happen at Hollywood Arts Park Amphitheater, and it will begin... At 7.30, doors opening at 6, and that'll be tomorrow, Thursday, a free show in Hollywood, not California, but the Hollywood Arts Park Amphitheater. Jimmy Buffett coming out tomorrow to support Gwen Graham. Parrot heads, how often do you hear about Jimmy Buffett putting on a free concert? Election day, by the way, in Florida is Tuesday, August 28th for the primary on the Democratic and Republican side. So that's why we've got some... Florida political talk going on today's show. In the state of Georgia, you know, we, we if you know anything about the Civil War, a lot of the talk was about secession. Well, 
In Georgia, there is an area of Stockbridge, Georgia, trying to secede and become their own town, a town called Eagle's Landing. Well, a federal lawsuit has been triggered in a bid to create this new city as lawyers representing Stockbridge have filed this lawsuit claiming a plan to carve off part of its city and create this new wealthier city is unconstitutional. Stockbridge is a rather large minority town and Eagles Landing would be a mostly white area and that would affect a lot of the tax structure of Stockbridge. The town of Stockbridge, by the way, is about 20 miles southeast of Atlanta. Mobile, Alabama, the University of South Alabama Jaguars have been trying to push forward a new football stadium, but they needed some money from the city of Mobile to make that happen. Well, the city just voted on Tuesday that they're not going to give $10 million in funding for an on-campus University of South Alabama Jaguar stadium. And that has ended more than a month and a half of intense discussion. Jag fans thought they had this stadium in the bank, but the city of Mobile, which owns Lad People Stadium, a much larger venue that will, I guess, remain, they're not giving the go-ahead for USA to have their new football stadium. We'll see what happens there. It was a big decision there, and that may slow down the Jaguar football program for some time in their effort to move forward in the new stadium. Beauvoir is the home of Jefferson Davis, speaking of Civil War, the Confederacy's first and only president. Maybe I'll be the second one day. <laughs> but he has a property, uh, Jefferson Davis left in his will, the property of his last home to the Mississippi Division Sons of Confederate Veterans, a lovely place right there on US 90 in Biloxi, Mississippi, right on the Gulf, beautiful spot. Well, Beauvoir's executive director was fired on Friday. And it's being reported that the man was only on the job for two months. And the board has decided to take over the day-to-day -day operations until a new executive director is hired. But Beauvoir, home of President Jefferson Davis, CSA, getting ready of their own 21st century president after only two months on the job. Don't know if Jeff Davis in 1861 should have been fired after two months. I think he did a pretty good job, actually, if you know your history. Uh, being a president of a brand new country in the middle of a war, that's pretty hard to do. But the former director at Beauvoir out after less than two months on the job. Have you heard about Chick-fil-A? They're trying to start up this new kit, meal kits for customers. And they're rolling these out in the next few days. And they're going to cost $15.89. And they're going to serve two. I didn't realize that any kit would serve too, but that's what they're selling. And it is a kind of a weird menu, if you ask me, of what they're offering with these Chick-fil-A meal kits. They've got a chicken Parmesan kit, and they'll also have chicken enchiladas, Dijon chicken, pan-roasted chicken, and chicken flatbread. Lots of chicken in these Chick-fil-A meal kits, but not the signature Chick-fil-A sandwich offered in these meal kits from what I'm seeing. And I don't know quite where you'll get them. I guess you'll get them in Atlanta area restaurants. Maybe this is an effort to ultimately end up in grocery stores. But Chick-fil-A meal kits coming soon. I think they debut on the 27th of August. If you're going to be in the Atlanta area, try one. Let me know. See if you can stomach that nearly $16 price tag. But you feed two for that. But if you're a big old boy like me, that's kind of like one. <laughs> 
When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch over and talk some more fun stuff. A new ranking has come out of the 25 worst cities in the U.S. for mosquitoes. And, of course, a bunch of them are in Dixie. We'll tell you who they are and much more as our headlines continue on the Y'all Show. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town, we've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your... And head to Vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kid stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick, Miss Lydia. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. It's y'all with John Rawl. Thank you for being with us. And we are continuing to sift through what is going on in this glorious region we call Dixie. Well, one of the great things about Dixie is our warmth, not just in the way we greet each other, but literally the atmosphere is nicer here than a large part of the country. And that is great most of the times, but sometimes it does have a little bit of an X attached to it. And Terminix has come out with the 25 top mosquito cities in the country and around 16 of these 25 are down here in dixie and let's start with number one dallas fort worth you are the worst mosquito city in america number two is new york city by the way other southern cities in the mix washington dc's at three houston's number four atlanta is number six on the worst mosquito city list memphis you come in at number eight right there on the banks of the mississippi river Baltimore is at 10, Miami 11, San Antonio 12, Orlando 13 on the banks of the Cumberland. Nashville, you come in at 14 on the worst Mosquito City list. Tampa is at 15, Little Rock 18, Mobile 19, Austin, Texas 20, Oklahoma City 21, and Jacksonville, Florida is the last southern city on this list of worst Mosquito Cities. Jacksonville checks in at number 23. 
Mosquitoes can lay an average of 100 mosquito eggs in a container the size of a bottle cap, and female mosquitoes can lay up to 3,000 eggs within a couple of weeks. That is why we here in the South have so many darn mosquitoes, and they can cause West Nile virus and more. But thank you, Terminix, for this rather intriguing information. I didn't get bit by a mosquito a few weeks ago. I told you earlier on the Y'all Show uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe at the end of July, how my son and I rode the Dorena-Hickman Ferry across the Mississippi River from Hickman, Kentucky to Dorena, Missouri. Well, if you took my advice and decided to try to ride this ferry, this automotive ferry across the Mississippi River, well, don't do it right now because it's going to be closed for several days as they are doing some dredging work on the Mississippi River. So if you head to western Kentucky, want to cross over to the boot hill of Missouri, don't do it this week if you want to do it on the Dorena-Hickman Ferry. Great experience. I can't wait to go back. Just not, just not this week. Jefferson Parish, Louisiana officials are trying to let folks know in Old Metairie to be careful, be on the lookout for coyotes. There's been more and more coyotes showing up and engaging in pets and such. So they've had a community event on Tuesday night. They met uh, and discussed all that is going on with the outbreak of wild coyotes wandering the streets of Old Metairie and telling people what they need to do when they come across it. You know, we're seeing more and more of coyotes across the southeast and showing up right there on the doorstep of New Orleans in a big way. Got to be careful. In Columbia, South Carolina last night, there was a huge, huge event at Williams-Brice Stadium, home of the Gamecocks, but it wasn't cocky playing. Now the Garnet Black, they have to wait for a few more days before their season starts. It was Jay-Z and Beyonce as they had a huge concert. And the newsworthy event of this event at Williams-Brice Stadium is that the local school district there in Columbia, South Carolina, had to close down schools in many cases early in preparation for this concert. Now, there is no school right there by the football stadium, so I don't know why they made this decision. They claimed safety was the reason. But schools dismissed students early because of high traffic volume that was expected for the Beyonce and Jay-Z On the Run 2 concert held in Columbia, South Carolina last night. Sounds like a lot of people in that school district just wanted to go to the concert, if you ask me. A Arkansas high school football coach has been suspended after he was arrested last week after driving his school vehicle into a ditch. Talking about running your program into a ditch. Coach Rick Barker at Falk High School in the very southwest corner of Arkansas was arrested Thursday night for misdemeanor public intoxication. The report from the police said his car was in a ditch. When the police asked Barker if why his car was in a ditch, he said he'd been drinking and admitted to having, well, maybe four beers. School officials said he'd been driving in a school vehicle, and he's been suspended with pay, but not a good way to start the season in Arkansas for Falk High School. If you're a music fan, perhaps you like Bob Dylan. Well, Bob Dylan has segued into being in the distillery business, and a Kentucky distillery named Heaven Hill is taking on Bob Dylan's whiskey company. They're going to court claiming trademark infringement involving its logo. Heaven's Door Spirits is co-owned by Dylan, and it debuted earlier this year. Heaven's Door is a reference to Bob Dylan's Knockin' on Heaven's Door song. The lawsuit filed Friday in the U.S. District Court in Louisville said that Bardstown-based Heaven Hill 
has used the trademark for more than 80 years, and Heaven's Door didn't immediately respond to a request asking about the lawsuit. But Bob Dylan's name of his new beverage, Heaven's Door Spirits, getting sued by Heaven Hill Distillery in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And we close out our headlines from across the region in the Hope County Public Schools in North Carolina, where a teacher there was reportedly suspended after a video surfaced of her working her part-time job as a pole dance instructor. Candace Mason said that she posted a video of her dancing to her private Facebook page, which she said was somehow leaked to the Hoke County Public Schools. Schools suspended her for violating a policy in which employees are to act as role models and are responsible for their public conduct. Mason, a single mom of two who holds several degrees, said she uses pole dancing as a way to stay in shape and a form of self-expression. Mason's fate as a teacher could be determined by the school board, which will be meeting about this quite soon. But didn't use it to make money. She just liked to do it for exercise, she says. And a dancing video of her has led to her suspension in Hoke County, North Carolina. Somehow, Candace, I think you're going to turn out okay on this. I don't think that's right. It's nothing illegal about pole dancing. There's nothing illegal about pole dancing in a club. I guess ethically, maybe not a good thing if you're a teacher doing it in a club. She wasn't doing it in a club. She was doing it for exercise. Well, we're going to exercise our right to talk about some college football. When we come back, we'll talk about what's going on in ACC country with Jonathan Leifheit of 247sports.com. Plenty of gridiron goodness coming your way. This is y'all. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S-Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plan. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in-store or online at staplesforstudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year.
The All Show continues. Hour one. We've got a lot of stuff coming up in hour two. Precious Harris will stop by with a Nashville Music Line report and a fun trivia question related to Dolly Parton. Can't wait for that. And we'll also have our hashtag hullabaloo starting hour two. But right now, we put our ACC spotlight on the Y'all Show, and we just heard a fantastic song, Tech Triumph, from the Marching Virginians, from Virginia Tech. And we have our expert on all things ACC, Jonathan Lifehite, 24-7 Sports, joining us now. Hello, Jonathan. How you doing, John? Good. We are just hours away from the start of college football, and we're going to put the ACC sparkle to our y'all report today. Jonathan, there has been, of course, with college football just about here, the first official preseason poll has come out, and you can expect the usuals. Clemson is sitting at number two in the ACC. You got Miami at number eight also in the conference, and that uh, Florida State is 19. Virginia Tech, who we just heard the song for, 20th. So four teams represented in the top 25. Anything you need to add? Because what I want to focus on is the others receiving votes category. Yeah, not surprising. I mean, Clemson certainly has earned their place in the in the top two there, so not a big deal. And then Miami, uh, with the amount of talent they've got coming back, I'm not surprised to see them where they're at. Um, I'm not sure they'll end up there at the end of the year, but uh, not surprised to see them start out in the preseason. Florida State's probably, uh, you know, based on last year, probably living off their name a little bit. Virginia Tech has been pretty steady kind of, you know, finishing or spending a lot of time kind of in that 15 to 25 range. So no big surprise there. All right. Now to what we talked about, the others receiving votes category. And I always like to look at this, especially on a preseason poll, just to give you any kind of heads up of a team that may actually be projected to have a good season. And for the ACC, at least, the team leading the way in the bubbling under 25 category, NC State comes in with 22 votes in this AP preseason poll. Your thoughts on the Wolfpack? Yeah, so kind of mixed feelings on them. They have a great quarterback in Ryan Finley. He's probably one of the better quarterbacks in the league, uh, if not the best quarterback in the league. Um, he, so got a really good quarterback there, but they lost an awful lot of talent on their defensive side. So going to be real interesting to see kind of how that plays out, um, you know, for them. Yeah. And then the only other ACC program getting those others receiving votes Boston College. The Eagles, you think this could be a year where they could make a little noise on the Atlantic side of the ledger? Probably not, to okay. be honest. Okay. Uh, I, I'm just not big on them. I, I, You know, I think they usually have a, a well-coached squad and, and, you know, pretty solid fundamentally, but I just don't think they have the playmakers to make uh, to kind of to kind of get in there. You know, maybe they'll they'll scoot up a little bit. You know, interestingly enough, uh, you know they got the the receiving votes in the uh, in the AP poll, uh, and uh, they actually got more votes in the in the in the coaches poll on on that. So maybe I'm wrong on that one, but I, I just don't see them kind of getting there. All right. Well, some news on the ACC coaching front this week as an assistant coach for the University of Louisville was put on leave after a DUI arrest. Tight ends coach Chris Klanicus was arrested and charged with DUI. And I guess, is there any kind of standard policy within the league for coaches behaving badly, Jonathan? You know, I don't think there is. I think that's done on an institution-by-institution basis. So, you know, from that perspective, Louisville's going to handle it how they want. And, uh, you know, most of them are going to handle those personnel matters that way. 
Well, according to reports, his blood alcohol level was .165, more than twice the legal limit in Kentucky. If you're going to get drunk in Kentucky, at least do it on Kentucky bourbon, right? Absolutely, and stay in the distillery. Don't go driving. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm sure he probably won't be on the sideline when Louisville faces off against Alabama to start the season, but who knows? We'll find out. I know one of your favorite things to talk about is uniforms, but this this is a subject that I think is newsworthy, not because it's uniforms, but the Miami Hurricanes are going to wear uniforms made from repurposed marine materials. Now, you're an engineer. What in the world is this? It sounds to me like they're pulling together a bunch of the plastic and junk that they pull out of the the ocean Mm -hmm. and then recycling it and turn it into some kind of fabric. Okay. So is that what everybody's going to start doing when they need new uniforms is to go, go to the ocean and try to do something? Because here Miami has teamed up with a group called Parley for the Oceans, an advocacy organization with a mission to raise awareness about marine threats. And I've, Yes. Go ahead. So, so I think that's, that's exactly what they're doing. I think mostly because they're on the coast. Uh, they're kind of looking at that. A uh, nice little publicity move, I think, on the, on their part. You know, it probably doesn't mean much in terms of actual impact anything, but, you know, at least it raises some awareness, I guess, for, for marine pollution. Uh, so, eh, you know, it's I, I, like I said, I don't think it means much, but it's a, it's one of those, uh, uh, as I like to call it, a little bit of virtue signaling. And this environmentally conscious alternate uniform is going to be used, to my knowledge, only in one game, and that's the September 2nd opener against LSU. That game played at the Advocare Classic at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. I'm sure LSU will probably have some kind of goofy uniform they roll out for that game as well, but uh, at least Miami, we know, going to have uniforms made from repurposed marine materials. See, Jonathan, I'm no engineer. I have no idea how to make any kind of uniform. Well, neither do I anymore this, these days. That, that stuff, that's got pretty high tech on how they make all that stuff. Yeah. not It's not just cotton anymore. No, 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 definitely not. And not just uh, in the South forever, as Georgia Tech fans can certainly relate up until this year. Russell Athletic, remember how big Russell was back in the 80s and every team had to have Russell? You weren't a real team unless you had Russell. And yeah, and unfortunately that passed everybody by except for Georgia Tech and they finally got on the bandwagon and got some uh, got a real uniform provider for them in terms of you know being able to help with publicity and that type of stuff this past year so uh, i'm happy about that and georgia tech's uniform supplier now is adidas which is also miami hurricanes their uniform supplier they do a good job throughout college football with their unis and such hey speaking of unis i don't know who makes them i think they may be a nike program but I got to give props to the University of Virginia. The Hoos have a, a new helmet scheme, and it looks like some new unis coming for 2018. So congratulations to the Cavalier fans for that. Now, Jonathan, I know you don't like talking about uniforms, so we'll move over to let's Thank talk. You. Let's talk about football. Okay, are you okay with All that? All right, I'm good with that. All right. Well, I saw an article, and I wanted to get your opinion on it. The headline is Duke football. Fans should get to know the name Jake Bobo, written by Matt Giles at Fansided's Ball Durham website. Jake Bobo, who in the world is that? Yeah, you know, the funny part is is, is uh, I had no idea and probably wouldn't have known uh, who that is. Uh, so he is a true freshman up at uh, up at Duke, and apparently he's done pretty well in practice thus far. Um, brings uh, really good size to the position. Uh, so he's 6'4", a little light at 190 pounds, but, uh, you know, 
you put a big receiver out there and they immediately have some matchups. Some, you know, as a Georgia Tech fan, it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, that's what Paul Johnson has traditionally done is stuck a big wide receiver out there. And in, and in those one-on-one situations, um, they can win, you know, far more than they lose. So um, it's, you know, good to have some size out there on the edge. If he can run his routes, if he can get a little bit of speed and separation, he should have a pretty good advantage because most of the the cornerbacks he's playing are typically in the five ten to maybe six foot range, and then you might have just some a uh, very few elite cornerbacks uh, that are in that six one six two range. Uh, so even over them, he still has a two uh, two inch advantage and probably a wingspan advantage as a result. Well, he, as Jonathan mentioned, he is a true freshman coming from Belmont, Massachusetts. He measures six foot four, one hundred and ninety pounds. And already Duke people are excited about the potential that he brings to the Blue Devils. Jonathan, how often is it when a kid who, this is not a household name, Jake Bobo, entering the 2018 season. It wasn't like he was the number one recruit in all of America last year. How often is it before even the first game of the season happens that there's so much buildup around a true freshman and people know that this guy's going to see the field a lot? How often does that happen? Uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. It, it happens more so when you have a kid that's, you know, kind of more of a four or five star and comes in and does that. Not so much when you have, you know, kind of more of a three star. Um, and typically a program like Duke, they're not getting kind of elite talent. So they usually have to develop it. So I think it's kind of rare for them because mm-hmm. usually they have to get in there and kind of work on it. And then, uh, you know, but, you know, there's always kids that fly under the radar. There's always kids that, uh, you know, that nobody saw or they played in a small program or somewhere that's not really a hotbed of recruiting. Um, and, you know, those kids are quite just as capable of, of coming in, you know, with the athleticism required to, to perform at a high level. So it does happen pretty regularly that you have, you know, have names come out of nowhere and, uh, and show up. So recruiting is not an exact science. The rankings are not, you know, precise. And, and there are a lot of misses, both, you know, overrating a player, and then there's always a lot of misses on the underrating of a player. We're talking ACC football with Jonathan Leifheit of GoJackets.com. And speaking of the Duke Blue Devils, they start their 2018 season at Wallace Wade Stadium on the Friday night facing Army, and that's a 7 o'clock kickoff. So Friday night lights, Duke football style to start the 2018 season. They begin ACC play in Durham against Virginia Tech on September 29th. So the fighting David Cutcliffe's getting ready for what they hope is another big season. Hey, Georgia Tech fans want to have a big season, and there's an article that came out saying that, well, they may have one if the special teams cooperates. Jonathan, what's up with Georgia Tech's special teams entering 2018? Well, hopefully everything's up from uh, twenty from 2017 because their special teams were abysmal, and it started uh, pretty much you could point to that in the in the very first game uh, against Tennessee last year. Georgia Tech ran all, all up and down the field on them on offense and did a decent job for them, you know, for half the game on defense, but they couldn't kick a field goal. They had a field goal that could have put them a little bigger lead and they had a field goal actually to win the game on the last play of the game of the, of uh, regulation. They would have won it. So it starts there. Um, then it moves to uh, their inability to kind of cover the kicks, part of which is the kickers have struggled. So they have, you know, kind of not placed the ball where they want, not gotten it as deep. Then it moves over to, to kind of a uh, punt coverage and then also punt returns. So, um, they've got a lot of work to do there. Uh, you know, probably the only area that I'm, you know, as a Georgia Tech guy 
not concerned about is the actual punter. He punts really well. That's um, Presley so, Harvin. That is Presley Harvin. That's what I was about to say. He had a fantastic year punting in terms of of his net and uh, and the uh, uh, you know the, and the amount of, of of kicks he put out there. He's got a tremendous leg, but they've got to improve their coverage. They've got to improve their returns. And they got to do the same thing on, on kickoffs, and then they've got to you know improve their 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 uh, conversion rate on uh, on the kicks. So, um, I, you know that's a lot of uh, a lot of areas that need to improve, and really only one that I'm that you that you don't worry about kind of heading into the season. Yeah, Harvin had 44 <laughs> yard average in 2017, and I said Presley Harvin, not Percy Harvin. Right, Presley Harvin the third. <laughs> Don't, I'm sure he's had to go through life all the time and say, no, 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 Presley is my first name. Yeah, probably does. But uh, he likes to pontificate, if you know what I mean. Yes, he does, and he does a good job of it. All right. Uh, so that is up with uh, with, with Paul Johnson. How, how's Paul Johnson's attitude right now heading into the new season? You know, it's always funny to, to kind of watch. He, you know, he doesn't tend to hide much about what he's feeling about things. And he's been kind of on and off annoyed uh, most of preseason. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, usually that means that he has high expectations for his team and uh, that he's trying to push them a little bit. Sometimes it's just I, I think of one year in particular that it was just they just weren't doing things particularly right. But most of the time when he has those kind of uh, annoyances, it's because he feels like he has a good team and he's trying to push them to another level. So that's kind of where he's been most of the preseason. Now, his quarterback, Taquan Marshall, has been in the news. For one thing, he skipped practice early because school trumps practice. What, what do we know about that? Yeah, so there is a, a, you know, there was a couple of, uh, of uh, classes that were kind of mandatory as part of their uh, making progress towards their degree, and it turns out they were only available at like a 6 o'clock on, on uh, Monday evenings. So that's part of what he's having to take. Are you telling me a player putting school before football? Yeah, and it's really funny because uh, one of the reporters uh, that was down for another publication that's uh, down there who went to a southeastern conference school, uh, uh, when 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 he learned of this, he says, "I've never heard of anybody doing that." <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, this is I mean, this is par for the course for the institute and for you know for a lot of the ACC schools. Yeah. School does come first. Well, we wish him well, and, uh, you know, I'm not so sure that going to school could be just as beneficial as going to practice. We'll find out on game day. But Taquan Marshall, who will be leading the Jackets this year on the gridiron. Jonathan Leifite, we appreciate your great input, sir. Thank you very much, and you guys have a great day. All right, and again, Jonathan with the website 247sports.com. Well, that puts a wrap on Hour 1. When we come back, we've got hashtag hullabaloo. And Precious Harris in the Nashville Music Line. That's all ahead on this Y'all Show with John Rawl. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. 
And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town. We've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your... And head to Vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I've never felt more alive. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will feel more alive. You either possess functioning respiratory and circulatory systems, or you do not, or you are a zombie. If you are indeed a brain-starved zombie and you would like to save money on car insurance, the GEICO legal team applauds your excellent life choices, even in your shambling afterlife. But we strongly encourage you to visit GEICO.com or download the GEICO app. Please stay a minimum of 500 feet away from our large and presumably delicious, delicious brains. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. John Rawl, putting a smile on your face, we hope. And you're sure putting a smile on my face. So thank you for listening and thank you for tweeting at us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can go into iTunes if you have iTunes on your smartphone or your iPad or your laptop or your desktop. Whatever the world you've got with an Apple on it, you've got podcast, an Apple iTunes podcast. And you can get this show set up to download automatically to your device every single day. If you love to listen to us on one of our great radio stations and you just had to go to the restroom or you got called into a meeting or the spouse called or yelled at you and you got sidetracked and you said, God, I just wish I could remember what he was talking about or I wish I could go back and listen to that five minutes that I got sidetracked. Well, y'all's shows are all in podcast form in Apple iTunes Podcast. And you can find us in other ways, too, if you search for us. But we encourage you to do that. We want you to be on top of your y'all game here on the Y'all Show. On the Y'all Show Thursday, we're going to be on top of our game with Niles Reddick. He's going to be co-hosting, not just as a guest. He will be sitting right here alongside me, and we're going to talk about some of his books. Niles penned several really good books, including Drifting Too Far From the Shore, and Reading the Coffee Grounds. We'll discuss both of those penmanship efforts from Niles Reddick on the Thursday, y'all. And the thing I'm looking forward to from Niles, who's a native of South Georgia, he's from Valdosta, I think is his hometown, may have lived just outside of there in a metropolis like Lake Park. But we're going to talk to him about his humor, as he is a Southern humorist. And Niles Reddick will be our exciting special guest, our first humorist to sit in with us and that's coming up on the Thursday, y'all. Can't wait for that. And we'll also talk some South Carolina Gamecock action with Niles as we'll be joined on the telly by Tyler Garrett of our sister show, Carolina Crowline. Tyler has been hosting this all-Gamecock show for about 10 years, and he'll be our special guest from Columbia, and he'll get us ready for the South Carolina Gamecocks 2018 season. And all else going on in the SEC East and the conference We'll hear from Tyler Garrett on Thursdays, y'all. So you got Niles and you got 
Tyler. Niles and Tyler, our combo going on Thursday's Y'all Show. We still got a lot of goodness here on today's Y'all Show. So don't go to sleep till tomorrow. We want you wide awake as we have goodness coming here in the second hour of the Y'all Show. Precious Harris is standing by. She's got a report ready to go from 17th Avenue South, Nashville, Tennessee. And we'll find out her take on country music news and adventures. That is ahead on the Y'all Show. Right now on the Y'all Show, we got hashtag hullah, 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 hullabaloo, and a happy hullabaloo to you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I get a little crazy when this segment starts, but you have to be a little crazy if you want to get through it, because the purpose of hashtag hullabaloo is to have fun and to promote our region and for you to say, golly, sound like old... Gomer Pyle here. Well, golly, I didn't know that. But now, we don't want to get too hokey. That's one thing. We have to walk that fine line in the South of being funny but not being ridiculously funny. And Gomer Pyle, I think the guy, really, Jim Varney, really was as goofy as he came across and, and all that, but the Alabama native that he was. But some people, like today, they really push that Southern thing a little too much, and it does get a little bit too fake. Uh, very fake in some cases. So I'm going to try to not be too fake on this show, but it is it is kind of fun to turn on the Southern meter and take it on up several notches when, when you need to. Not for entertainment's sake. I'm not trying to impress people up north on this show. I, I doubt we have many listeners. They surely can listen and should listen, but I realize most people listening our show and soon watching our show when we get on Facebook and YouTube that you'll be able to see this is for this is for y'all. This ain't for used guys. This is for y'all. And you don't need me to get all syrupy with my southernness. And let me tell you, bless your heart. If I heard another bless your heart thing, I think I'm going to vomit. But I maybe because I'm not a female. But there are guy, things guys say too that are equally goofy that get used way too much. I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I got to blend my southern with some Canadian talk from time to time about you know what I'm talking about got to pick on them see we need to have somebody to pick on we can't pick on rednecks because we are rednecks on this show we can't pick on other cultures because that's politically incorrect but until they make the rule that you can't pick on Canadians then I'm all for it let's just Canadian up here on the y'all show we got a lot to live here and and most of them are very squared away people, and most of them are very beautiful people inside and out. But, but we got to pick on somebody, and so and, uh, unless you find a better candidate out there, Canada, you're our, you're going to be our poster child because we can't pick on Yankees too much. We like to pick on Yankees, but Yankees, well, deep down, they're on our team, and we know that, and so we're we're all on the same team, good old USA. But we still like our southerness. And we, we're we're going to be promoting it here on the Y'all Show. All right, let's get into our Twitter sphere. And on our Twitter account, at Y'all Show, we find Southern Country Music. Now, that name there alone catches my eye. Southern Country, M-U-Z-I-K. And the Twitter account is Southern Co. M-U-Z-I-K. Music for mudders, hunters, fishermen, country boys, southern bells, Dixie chicks, rebels, outlaws, dirt road riders, and all other kinfolk. Southern country music, I think you got it just about scattered, smothered, and covered there <laughs> with that statement on Twitter. But Southern country music is out here with a kind of a public service announcement. And that is 
Get the new one from your bearded buddy, Camo Collins and his buddies. New CD out August 24th. See me riding at Camo Collins. Camo Collins is a, a singer, and his Twitter account is at Camo, C-A-M-O, Collins. And his tag on Twitter is God Family Music. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> Those are good things. But yeah, the new CD coming out, See Me Riding. I hope this isn't another song about riding in a pickup truck in the country. It probably is. probably is from the bearded buddy Camo Collins. But Camo, maybe you've taken it to a whole nother level and you have the first country music song that's not about riding in a pickup truck, chasing a girl in the moonlight. I'm kidding. A lot of those old songs like that are good. We've just seen way too many songs in the last three or four years in country music that all kind of have the same theme. I would love to be the songwriter of those because I'd be cashing that royalty check every time I went to the post office and went to the bank afterwards. But but maybe Camo, I need to get your music a spin on the old record player and see exactly what See Me Riding is all about. But according to the lead up here, it, it just might be kind of the same same thing. I don't know. Not fair to judge. I won't judge. But Camo Collins, check him out on Twitter. Beth Walton's on Twitter, and the Twitter account for Beth is at Gulf Seafood Girl. Woo! Gulf Seafood Girl. That is a good one. I can't I think that kind of just lays it out exactly what Beth is all about right there. And her hashtag is at hashtag seafoodie. And she is the director of Oyster South. So she ought to know a good bit about oysters in the Gulf. She is the queen of oysters in the Gulf of Mexico. From Apalachicola to Louisiana, from Galveston to Biloxi, everywhere they got oysters in the Gulf of Mexico. She is the director of Oyster South. And she writes on Twitter, I was so happy to see this in our mailbox from Dr. Oyster and it's super excited for our friend Andre Gallant on the publication of his new book. Can't wait to start reading it soon. And she's got an image. And she's got a book written by Andre Joseph Gallant called A High Low Tide, The Revival of a Southern Oyster. This looks like a very good read. Looks like a very informative read from Andre Gallant. And I had to find out who in the world is Andre Gallant. Well, on Twitter, it's at Andre J. Gallant, G-A-L-L-A-N-T. And he is an Acadian. So right there, he gets extra oyster points for that. He's an Acadian and pleased to live in the sovereign state of Georgia to see what I can from here. Author of A Hollow Tide, he makes crop stories and he's a part-time instructor of journalism at the University of Georgia's Grady School of Journalism. So he is an Athens-based journalism instructor that writes about oysters. You talk about living the good life. Andre, you got it going on, son. But yeah, he's got his new book, A High Low Tide, The Revival of a Southern Oyster. So if you're a foodie and you're looking for a good read, Beth Walton at Oyster South says she can't wait to read this one on this brand new book about the oyster world at Dr. Underscore Oyster. That is, I assume, her spouse. But uh, that is some good news if you're an oyster fan. And that is one of our great southern delicacies, oysters. 
Kelsey Borza is on Twitter, and she works for KFDM Television, which is the CBS affiliate in Beaumont, Texas. That's right on the Gulf of Mexico. And she was in the Gulf this week, and at Kelsey Borza on Twitter, caught, and she says she, she's, she's very proud. She doesn't hold anything back. I caught a sheep's head this morning. First fish I've ever caught from the beach. And she's got a picture taken at Sea Rim State Park. That is about as east as you can go in Texas on the Gulf Coast. It's right where the Sabine River comes out, separating Texas and Louisiana. And she caught this sheep's head fish, which is small, but very colorful. And I've never had a sheep's head caught in the Gulf of Mexico. I have no idea if you can eat them. I have no idea what they taste like. But here on the Y'all Show, we educate. We just told you about oysters. Well, now there's something called sheep's head. And I'm no Gulf Coast angler, but thanks to this great reporter from KFDM Television, Kelsey Borza, we now know that just south of Port Arthur, Texas, if you go down to Sea Rim State Park, you can catch a sheep's head on the beach. More than rays can be caught on the beach. You can catch a sheep's head fish. Jakira is on Twitter. The Twitter account is at Charity. I like that name. And she is posting a conversation. And I like this. Me to G. I don't know who G is, but Shakira to G. Quote, I only bought chicken and fish at the store because we're going healthy again. G responds, Ugh, I hate healthy. Shakira says, Well, I guess I also bought everything for gumbo. G says, Oh, okay, that's cool. A light at the end of the tunnel for my southern boo. So, yeah, if you buy these ingredients like chicken and fish and you come home and you brag that you got this stuff, it may not be that impressive to someone. But when you throw out the old gumbo word, the G word, hey, well, it's for gumbo. Yeah, that would interest me, too, because that's a whole new level of food love there. And it is a light at the end of the tunnel for her southern boo. And Shakira, let me give you my forwarding address and you can send me a couple of your gumbo when you get it done. But, yeah. Fun stuff there, and something that would make the spouse happy. We're getting closer to those winter months, and something tells me the gumbo, when it's a little cooler and colder for sure, would be a perfect wintertime remedy for someone who's either sick or lovesick. And we thank you, Shakira, for sharing that here on today's Y'all Show. Mallory is on Twitter, and Mallory's Twitter account is at GypsyFilmGirl. She claims to be a writer lady, a TV nerd, and a photog hobbier. So she's got the writing and the television and the photography going for her. Good job, Mallory. And she writes, and cover your ears, little folks, how to piss off a southern woman, give her a yam, and call it a sweet potato. <laughs> okay, well, that is a good point, Mallory, that you bring up. Give her a yam and call it a sweet potato. Well, yeah, I think there is a difference, and I should know. I literally grew up harvesting sweet potatoes as a youngster. I've told you before here on the Y'all Show, I grew up on a farm, a vegetable farm. And one of the things we grew when I was smaller, we don't do it anymore, we grew sweet potatoes. And it may sound like a lot of fun growing sweet potatoes, and it may sound like, golly, imagine all the great food that you had when you were growing up. Well, that is true. My mother hasn't done it in a long time because she hardly cooks anymore. But essentially, 
we had she she makes a great candid sweet potato and it is yummy 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 but when you harvested sweet potatoes you had to go on a sweet potato digger it's a thing that goes out in the field i, th I assume they still do it this way they did it back in the 70s when i was a kid in the 80s you got this essentially conveyor belt that's being pulled behind a tractor and it has a device that scoops down several feet in the ground and the entire array of potatoes being grown is automatically dug up and goes up on this conveyor belt and it's shaken so that the dirt and the dirt clods as I call them go through the grates of the conveyor belt and all that's left is the vine of the sweet potato and the potatoes themselves or that's at least what you hope is what's left let me tell you when you're going through a field and you're digging up sweet potatoes on a device like a sweet potato digger, there ain't no telling what's going to come up. It might be a snake. It might be a rat. It might be, I'll leave it to your imagination. Because animals and vermin love potatoes. And so they're going to they're gonna be trying to enjoy that sweet potato. And all of a sudden, here comes this machine that scoops them up alongside the potato. Yeah. Scared the heck out of you if it ever happened to you. And you, if you've ever done this, you know what I'm talking about. But that is my experience. We got out of the sweet potato business for some reason. And frankly, I am not complaining. Because sweet potatoes also were pretty hard to, to maneuver. Once you got them ready for shipment, you had to blow them off with like an air hose. Because they were all dirty and dusty. And, and you had to, you don't get them wet. You, you take an air gun thing and you spray them. And that was real loud and... You had to put them in big boxes, and they were heavy. And I know there's places in the South that really specialize in potatoes. North Carolina has always had a large sweet potato industry. In Mississippi, you got Vardaman is a sweet potato capital in the South. Other places may have them, too. Those are two that I'm aware of. We'll let Vardaman and we'll let North Carolina have it if you're a retired South Carolina sweet potato grower like I was as a kid. But also... I wanted to tell you, what is a yam? According to our friends at Wikipedia, yam is the common name for some plant species in the genus that form edible tubers. Yams are perennial vines cultivated for the consumption of their starchy tubers in many temperate and tropical world regions. I'm getting way too complicated, but they also say in parts of the U.S., yam is sometimes used to refer to varieties of the unrelated sweet potato. So a yam is unrelated to a sweet potato, but many people call them yams and sweet potatoes. I've even rem I remember the first time I ever saw that word yam was on a box labeled North Carolina yams because the industry was so large there. They promoted yams as a name. So there you have it. I knew I, knew I wasn't making it. It was a cute box, too. It had like a little cartoon on it, in case you're wondering. But yams and sweet sweet taters. We now have that message across here on the Y'all Show. And Mallory, thank you for your point. Give her a yam, call it a sweet potato. I understand. I understand your frustration. Allison Malden is on Twitter, at Allie Maud. And she is New Orleans obsessed, she says. And she has a message on Twitter. Making red beans on a Monday makes me feel like a real Louisiana girl. Hashtag Southern, hashtag transplant. So it looks like Allison may be from somewhere outside of the South, and she's come to the South, to Louisiana specifically, 
to make her mark, and she's making it by making red beans. She didn't say red beans and rice. She just said red beans. I assume she may have a little rice to go in there, too. But Allison, I really appreciate it. Her name is Allison Malden, and I think she should make it more of a Louisiana-sounding name, maybe change that last name to Allison Maldan, Goudan, something like that. Yeah, but we appreciate you sharing that. And welcome to the South. Welcome to Louisiana. Watch out for those coyotes. We told you about that in hour one. they got a lot of coyotes running around cities like Metairie and, and the New Orleans area. Be careful. Comedy Guys Assistant is on Twitter, and this is a great account from a lady whose Twitter account is at MyLifeIsRegular. I love that. And Comedy Guys Assistant's declaration is, I'm just a stressed-out mom that is the executive assistant to a flaky comedy guy that runs a children's cancer foundation. Okay, Comedy Guys Assistant. I love this message from Comedy Guys Assistant. Being raised in the South has taught me that road construction projects often last longer than most marriages. Amen to that. As a guy who's been through two marriages, and two of those could have been long construction projects, you are absolutely right, Comedy Guys Assistant. That is good stuff there, and sadly true. I'm embarrassed to admit it. Now to some Facebook gifs that I discovered while goofing off getting ready for this show. And this is a cute one. Got a picture of a raccoon on it. And it says, things I have in common with a raccoon. Those things include dark circles around eyes, eats junk, cute, a little chubby, I will fight you, and possibly rabid. (laughs) I like that one there. And look for that one. Things I have in common with a raccoon. Now this one is not as I guess meaningful for me since I'm not from the Commonwealth. Right here is a gif of Kentucky slang. You good equals are you okay? You good equals you are okay. You good equals how have you been? You good equals did you get enough? You good equals you're welcome. You good equals stop talking to me. You good equals no need to say sorry. You good equals you need some money? <laughs> So some Kentucky slang here on Wednesdays, y'all. And finally, we want to, this is a public service announcement. It is National Pizza by the Slice Day today. Congratulations to all our pizza makers across Dixie. And we want to let you know that, again, today is National Pizza by the Slice Day. Go get you a pizza pie. That's not something we've had a lot lot of time to talk about on the Y'all Show. Pizza, not necessarily created in the South. But, man, we've got some good southern pizza available. We'll have to spotlight. Maybe our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue is going to tell us how to make a good pizza on the grill sometime. But it is National Pizza by the Slice Day. And a happy, happy day to you. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to switch over from talking about pizza to talking about making great country music. Precious Harris is up next with her Nashville music line. Stay tuned. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. 
<sighs> Moving expenses? <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Whether you brew the craftiest beer or offer the sharpest haircuts in town, we've got the right business cards to promote what makes your business great at Vistaprint. And right now, we're offering 500 custom cards starting at just $9.99. You can choose everything about your card, the shape, the paper, and you can design it yourself or ask for a little help from our support team. So get the most bang for your and head to Vistaprint.com to get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7373 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7373. Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kid stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick, Miss Lydia. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. Every time I hear the midnight trains rolling out to the open plains, a sense of freedom fills my veins. I get the fever. Every time a sparrow flies up into the endless skies, something down inside me cries. I get the fever. Get the fever to pack up and leave here and-, and welcome back to y'all, the show all about the South. Talk with a Southern accent. And we are glad each and every week on the Y'all Show to bring on Precious Harris and the Nashville Music Line. And we just heard some good Bill Anderson music playing for you there. A classic from the late 1960s. We'll tell you about that song and more in just a few minutes from the whispering Bill Anderson. But Precious, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm a little tired from yesterday. It was a little, it's been a party city since Monday. Really? Yeah, we had a, I didn't get to make it, but we had a Carrie Underwood's uh, listening party for her new album, Cry Baby, uh, that dropped September the 14th. Mm-hmm. The same day that Bill Anderson's 72nd album drops on September the 14th. 72 albums. That's right. That's why we played the Bill Anderson song, I Got the Fever. I Get the Fever. Okay, I, 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 when I saw this, Precious, I thought it might have been a misprint. But how in the world can anybody record 72 albums? <laughs> you have to realize back in the 60s, they put out two or three albums a year. Oh, okay. Because there wasn't you know, trying to achieve 10 number one singles on a record like it is today that will last you through a year, maybe, the you know, to the next touring season. Back then, 
I hate to use the word, but you had, unless it was like George or Tammy or somebody like that, you maybe had two to three massive hits or what that called that stayed on the charts for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks back then. So once, once those hits went up and down the charts, they're like, oh, let's cut a new record. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was looking up that song there, I Get the Fever. According to my crack research team here at the Y'all Show, Precious, that Bill Anderson song was the only single from the album that, that came on that, that actually hit the chart, and that album was the only album during Bill Anderson's career that, that went to number one. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, and he is such, I mean, he's a Grand Ole Opry legend. You know, he's toured around the world many times over. And, but I didn't realize until I was doing some of the research that he's never had but one number one record. Mm-hmm. And that was the number you know, one album. And this was his yeah. number one song, I Get the Fever. It was a number one yeah. album and a number one single for Bill Anderson, who I uh, have something in common with him, Precious. We were both born in South Carolina. A lot of people think that he's from Georgia, and he is, but he was actually born across that Savannah River in the Palmetto State. Well, he's actually my great-grandfather was Anderson, so we probably got some Kentucky kin somewhere. <laughs> well, but, he, you know, he, uh, I watched the uh, – we love match game. And I was looking and I'm like, Oh my God, that's Bill Anderson. He was on match game in the seventies, in uh-huh. the mid seventies. Well, a lot of people, a lot of times precious that people are just not tuning in. They're hearing us talk about Bill Anderson. They're thinking, Oh God, Bill Anderson died. No, no, <laughs> just the opposite. Not hardly. Just the opposite. He's got a 70 second album. This is a guy who not only is a huge music guy, but he's a huge sports fan. I've seen him at various Vanderbilt sports activities, and he's not even a Vanderbilt fan per se. He just likes sports. He loves his Georgia Bulldogs. That's where he went to school, and he grew up just outside of Athens in Commerce, Georgia. And I had a chance to actually co-host a Georgia Bulldogs show with Bill Anderson many years ago. So he's just a, he's just a, a great jubilation of life. He is, he's a very, very nice man. Very, very nice man. And, uh, you know, he was a co-writer of Whiskey Lullaby. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I knew he, he's had several, of course, he, he probably pays more bills with the songwriting than he does his singing or, or his records and tours and appearing on the Opry. But quite, yeah, quite a, he can stay at home and draw a check with the songwriting check. Yeah, he can get all those sporting contests. Precious also, in addition to Carrie Underwood having a big CD listening party, Luke Combs had a number one party. Yes, I was at that one yesterday. Okay. Uh, Luke, uh, believe it or not, he is up, his album has surpassed one billion streams. Really? Yes. And, of course, because uh, some of the artists and songwriters that write in my office write with the people that's got cuts on his record, like Ray Fulcher. And, you know, he's a big Georgia boy. And I've got three clients from Georgia, one from Valdea, one from uh, – Telefair, and I got one just right outside of uh, Adele, Georgia, south of Georgia. So, um, you know, so I have a lot of Georgia Bulldog fans in and out of the office. I think I've got Alabama, Roll Tide, uh, Tennessee, one Tennessee fan, really, <laughs> two Kentucky fans, and five Georgia fans. You got a couple of Florida State fans, too. Oh, that's right. I got Heath and Bailey and Jess Taylor. I got three Florida yeah. State, actually. She kind of likes Miami from what I remember, but she, she'll she'll handle FSU. She does not like no, – none, none of your Floridians like the Gators for some reason. I, I know. No, and I'm, I'm – you know, I don't – I have to – it's not that I'm taking credit for it, but they have good taste. Well, they saying. probably are influenced by you. And do you, you do realize that in football – and I know we're supposed to be talking about music here, but in football, your Kentucky Wildcats have not defeated Florida – 
in 30 something years. Are you aware of that? Yes, very. That's why I don't tell. I tell everybody I'm from Georgia during football season or uh, Alabama. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, now we had a good season last year. You know, we had a decent season, but oh. uh, but you know, I went to school like Kyle Macy and the kid. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the year that I was, uh, you know, in Kentucky and Lexington, uh, the one semester I got to go up there and hang out for at school uh, was when Kentucky had just won the national championship uh. again. And, and, and uh, in basketball, not football. Right, in basketball, all yeah. Right, all right. We're still waiting on that maybe modern era football championship for Big Blue. Hey, we want to ask a trivia question here on the show, and we'll get an answer before we get out of here in a few minutes with Precious. The question is, on this date in 1985, Real Love was the number one country single for a duo comprising of Dolly Parton and bum, 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 who? We'll tell you about who that is. Again, Precious... I know that maybe I'm a little bit biased. These questions are pretty darn easy for me. They may not be that easy for a lot of people, and I can't wait to tell folks the answer to that good trivia question a little bit later because, sadly, for most uh, for most of us over, let's say, the hill, uh, 1985 was a long time ago. <laughs> well, I will tell you, there is some um, – I really – uh, I was, my husband told me, don't you tell that story, but I got to tell you a story. Okay. You know, we have people that come and, you know, we have to realize there's like 650 artists that played the CMA Fest this year yeah. on the red carpet. You have to meet certain criteria to be, to be on the red carpet. But what happens is they'll pull people when a lot of people that are country people that work for the, you know, like the people magazines and the, you know, all those, the high profile, you know, country magazines, mm-hmm. they will pull people from other genres to cover that if the country person is doing like the Bonnaroo festival or somewhere else, you know, which they do anyway. But, uh, I was at Luke Bryan's number 17th, 18th and 19th party. And, uh, he said, I knew I was going to be celebrating with you guys in a couple of days. And he said, but let me tell you what brings you, uh, to make you realize that even though that, that you have adoring fans and, you know, and you've got, you know, and I know that I've got my next song going number one for, you know, some people are good. Number the number 20th, his 20th, number one. We're just waiting to see when he has the party. But he said, I was on the red carpet and somebody had asked me, took a microphone to interview him and said, what are you going to name the dogs? And and, and uh, Luke goes, I think that's Blake. He is, and he basically, you know, wrote it, you know, just shut, you know, just blew it off. But it made me realize that there, some people may not know this trivia question, the answer. Yeah. Seriously. Well, we'll get to that momentarily. You mentioned you were at the party for Luke Combs, and has he celebrated his third number one single? That's hard to believe for this North Carolinian. He's already had three tracks from his debut album climb to the top of the charts. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, you know, he worked, he actually followed his friend here, and his friend helped him. But um, the guy that wrote, um, one um one number away mm-hmm. uh the guy from ascap because you know i i help ascap get capos gold capos to the ascap number one writers and steve Beatty, and he actually has cuts by 50 cents and justin beaver and uh boys to men and so he literally left la to move to nashville to write in the country genre he really really is a a lover and a fan of the country music genre because it's like he basically uh, how he put it is just, I just wanted to write something that I knew that it had great feeling. And he said, it was just like time to move on, you know? So he said, I came out here 
And he said, you know, and it was so funny. They were writing when Luke said I had nothing going on. And I can't believe they let me cut the song, you know, but he is a co-writer on it. But Luke's just a wonderful talent and just a super nice kid. But it was so funny. He said they were opening up for Sunday's Best. And Sunday Best is spelled S-U-N-D-Y. B-E-S-T, and they're a Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky band, Mm -hmm. and I interviewed them, and I have a, if you Google Precious and Sunday Best, you'll see a really, really good interview, but it was so funny, because I look back now, and here Luke is celebrating one billion streams, and about this time, two and a half years ago, I was interviewing the kids that Luke had opened up for, so it it just goes to show, you know, that you can be flip-flopping but I, I remember when i was tracy lawrence intern that he would let uh kenny chesney open up for him and you know and tim mcgraw when they were before they got really really started you know um because tim mcgraw had a song called welcome to the club we know in the early 90s that was his first single but no one knows it they think uh, you know indian outlaw was a single uh his you know it was the single that broke him mm-hmm. But uh, but Tim had you know him and Kenny and Tracy used to run around together down at Barbers on Printer's Alley, and they used to name them the Three Musketeers. So when Tracy um, had an uh, his one of his friends that writes for his publishing company uh, that wrote Muddy Waters, Rick Huckleby, but uh, he had written a song of uh, and uh, but Tracy decided to go ahead and just look through it and he picked a song. I can't remember. Uh, I want to say that it's find out who your friends are. And I know Ed Hill, who co-wrote Some People Are Good, was one of the writers on that. And Kenny Chesney and, and Tim both came back to record that song with Tracy, you know. Um, you said so, you said Tracy Lawrence? Mm-hmm. Is he that radio show host of the show called Honky Tonkin' with Tracy Lawrence? Yes. I, I'm kidding. And, if you haven't it, heard that, it's a syndicated show that Tracy Lawrence does on the weekend, and, and, and it's a fantastic radio show. If you have a, ra- a, a station in your area that carries it, it, it not only has great music, but the stories that Tracy's able to tell firsthand, and then he brings in wonderful guests, and it's just a lot of fun. And, and I found that recently on the radio dial, Honky Tonkin' with Tracy Lawrence. I, I, I love to see this guy from the 90s moving over and doing something Something pretty unusual, and, and that is radio host. I guess he's trying to give Kix Brooks a run for the money. <laughs> well, he is. Of course, you know, that he's the reason why you and I met, basically, because you had called to get a CD so you could review in your college newspaper. And we became friends, so we have to probably need to give it up to Tracy for that because, you know, we have definitely had a 25-year-plus friendship because of yeah. him. Well, Tracy said it best in one of his songs about us, Precious. You find out who your friends are. That's it, and he is, and, and he loves me. He calls me Wild Woman every time he sees me. He said, "You been eating pinto beans and cornbread?" You know, <laughs> Wild um, Woman. That's a that's a new one, and that's a very fitting name. Good job, Tracy. You know, there's a, there had to be a reason he had so many hit songs. He knows he knows how to pin names on people when when that needs to happen. Great stuff you've been telling us about here on the Y'all Show, but we want to get more from Music Row. So, everybody, hold your place. When we come back, we will continue talking all things music with Precious, and we're going to answer that trivia question about who that was singing with Dolly Parton some 33 years ago. We'll have that answer coming up next as we continue the Y'all Show and close it out here on a Wednesday. This is Y'all with John Rawl. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 has arrived at Sprint. For a limited time, get the super-powerful new Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. 
It's the fastest Note ever, and you can get it on a network built for Unlimited. The Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is also perfect for gaming. Take your Fortnite skills to a new level with the largest battery ever seen in a Note. Along with a 6.4-inch edge-to-edge infinity screen and stereo speakers, Galaxy Note 9 also features a smarter camera and a mightier S Pen with remote control. Make the switch to Sprint right now and get the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 at 50% off with a Sprint Flex lease. Plus, get annual upgrades with Galaxy Forever. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash Samsung, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Note 9, 2083 per month after 2084 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and 18-month lease. Early termination results and remaining balance due. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes. Requires qualifying plans. Subject to credit. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba, entrepreneur and mom. When it comes to helping students succeed, I'm all in. And so is Staples. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students and DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers bring learning to life. Join us by donating in store or online at StaplesForStudents.com. Your donation will help local teachers make a difference for their students because every kid deserves a great start this school year. Back with the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl, and we talk country music and all things music each Wednesday on this program, All About the South, and we go to our, our old friend, Precious Harris, on 17th Avenue South in Nashville, Tennessee, also known as Music Road, to get all things country music and more, and Precious, we are glad to have you back here after the break. One of the things that happened in the last couple of days is we lost the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. Now, she didn't necessarily have a country music connection, but what is her impact and the loss of Aretha Franklin? How's that being felt in Music City, USA? Well, because of her, uh, you know, we have some country artists or past country artists that is from the Memphis area and influence because, you know, she recorded Memphis. You know, she recorded, of course, in Hitsville, USA and Detroit. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, the artists, they made that trip from Muscle Shoals to Memphis to Hitsville, you know, in Detroit. But there's like a triangle of artists, and, of course, they would infuse. You know, they sent Sam and Dave down to Stax Records to record because, uh, the you know, the magic. And um, But uh, Aretha, Billy Burnett, it really hit him hard, you know, because he was a huge fan of Aretha. Um, and I love her to death. I mean, I've loved her music ever since I was a little girl. My mother used to uh, play her music while she was cleaning the house on Saturday Woman. On Saturday morning, we watched American Bands, and as soon as American Bands name went off, 
Mama goes, okay, go play outside. Mama's got to clean the house. And she, I hear respect coming out of the speakers. <laughs> loud. Go. Wow. You know, but I love, she's just such a, I mean, you know, she had, you know, she had a really rough childhood. She was the daughter of a, a preacher, you know, but she, you know, she had her first baby when she was 12, her second baby when she was 14. So for her to overcome being a very young single mother uh, and to the superstardom and the iconic level that she's achieved in music, it's, I just, you know, I just think so much of her. Because she could have not have made good choices, and she made really good choices. And, of course, she passed yeah. away on yes. August 16th, the same day Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, passed away. One of the bad things about losing a singer like Aretha or Elvis is you lose a friend, you lose someone, you just have so many great memories of listening to their music. The good news is they leave behind a legacy, and forever people can listen to Aretha Franklin songs. And, and forever, when you hear R-E-S-P-E-C-T, you're going to think of Mama cleaning that house. Well, you know, you know, she's recognized as one of the most charted female singers in the history of Billboard charts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she's had 112 hits, uh, charted singles, then 20 number ones on Billboard's the R&B charts. And that doesn't even include the top 40 charts, you know, and later on, yeah. you know, so. Uh, but yeah, oh, to that. So I just like I said, I, I right now, you know, it, last year was coming in waves, Glenn Fry and Tom Petty. And I was just like, this has got to slow down. You know, we lost some iconic people last year so uh but it was just so ironic matter of fact one of my little kids who's like 23 who's who knows i'm an elvis fan he came in he goes mama p he said you know what's so strange he said isn't it funny how we lost the king of rock and roll and and the you know and you know on august 16th and then we also lost the queen of soul on august 16th you know and i forgot the years he said later and and for him to be so young and know that, he said, you know what? And even though I'm only 24, he said, I can remember hearing that music when I was five and six years old. So it goes to show that Aretha's music crossed uh, you know, racial lines. It crossed state lines. It crossed national, global lines. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, just very sad day. But like you said, we've got the music to live by. Notice Red, he's got a couple, you know, he's one of her big songwriters and uh and uh, but it was great. Steve Cropper told some great stories about her, you know, just her being amazing talent, such a sweet, sweet lady. Uh, We're talking with that. Precious Harris here on the Nashville Music Line. Precious is the author of the College of Songology, and you can go to the website collegeofsongology.com and find out about how the music business works from this 27 year veteran of Nashville's Music Row. You also can visit. Nashville Music Line for some great gossip and scoop on what's going on in Nashville. Now, to answer our trivia question on this week in 1985, Real Love was the number one country single for a duo comprising of Dolly Parton and, of course, Kenny Rogers. Real Love... Oh, I was, pardon me? I was going to say Porter Wagner. Just kidding. <laughs> no? Okay. All right. You're going retro there. Real Love was written by David Malloy, Richard Spady Brandon, and Randy McCormick. It was a title song from Dolly Parton's album, Real Love. And Dolly was recorded a solo version, which was later included in the 1995 album, I Will Always Love You, The Essential Dolly Parton One. But a great song there from Kenny and Dolly. And now, Kenny recently announced that he was retiring from touring. Has that retirement already taken place, or has he still got some dates? Well, I think he may have some loose dates out there. Or he went off, but he is, you know, he's, I think his twins are nine, okay. ten years old now. I want him, yeah, and he's in his mid-70s. But, uh, 
yeah, I really think he looks back and, you know, he's, this is, uh, you know, the ages and everything he's been through. I think he realizes, you know, that, uh, yeah, it's time to retire. You know, he's a wonderful job. But uh, uh, speaking of Dolly and Kenny, I, uh, some, I have a friend of mine who used to do laundry with Dolly at the laundromat in Madison in 19, early 62, 63, when she just moved here from East Tennessee, from Sevierville. Mm -hmm. And uh, she told me a story one day. So I have actually got a call into Dolly's manager. I'm hoping to hear back. So next week I might have an answer to the most coolest music trivia question that I have come up with in a long, long time. Uh, and it has to do with one of the most iconic kicks, iconic hit songwriters by the name of Hank Cochran. Right. Um, oh, yes. And I cannot wait to tell you. So as soon as I can, I've got to confirm through the manager, you know, sometimes it's hard. Uh, but uh, most definitely, I'm excited about that trivia question. So hopefully we can get Miss Dolly in here again. I was actually in Sevierville this weekend. And I just look at what she has done for that, you know, in the early 60s, 70s. It was such a poor, poor rural area. And just the industry and the jobs, the thousands and thousands of jobs that she's is brought to that part of the Smokies. I just, and she's such a giving person. I've got to been lucky enough to interview a couple of interview her a couple of times, but I just looked as we drove up down the street. I'm like, Dolly has made her. She's really given back to her family and the community and the residents there, people she's never met. She has touched just about every person in the whole area of the Sevierville Pigeon Forge in Gatlinburg area. Wow. And you talk about laundromats. Of course, a laundromat there in Nashville area is where she met her husband, Carl Dean, within the first day that she had come to Nashville. She met him, and now she's been married to Carl Dean for 50 years, roughly. And, yeah, 51. And, right. and, and I, I've washed clothes at a laundromat in Madison, Tennessee before, and I didn't meet Dolly Parton. <laughs> well, actually, that's the same laundromat. That has to do with my trivia question for next week. Ah, so it's okay. going to be fun. Well, I'm maybe it was the same one I used to go to. I, it was sitting in that uh, parking lot. I still remember. I have a country music connection to my Madison, Tennessee laundromat. That is the first time I heard Neil McCoy, his song, No Doubt About It, was sitting there in that parking lot. I thought it was first. I thought it was Gary Morris. It sounded a lot like Gary Morris, but that was my one and only Madison, Tennessee laundromat story. Precious Harris, thank you so much for bringing the heat once again on the Nashville Music Line. Well, hopefully I'll see you soon. Time for you to visit in a couple of weeks, I hope. I will look forward to doing that, Precious. Thank you very much. Always fun to catch up with her. A bundle of energy for sure. Well, that concludes today's Y'all Show. We want to remind you on the Thursday Y'all Show, Niles Reddick is going to be my guest co-host. He will be sitting right alongside me, pilot and co-pilot. I don't know who's going to have the role of pilot, but we're going to have a good time talking Southern books and Southern fun as he is a Southern humorist, Niles Reddick. And he is going to sit in and we're going to have our Festive South. We're going to talk about new books, not just Niles' new offerings, but other writers from across the region. And we'll also be talking about the South Carolina Gamecocks. It's Tyler Garrett of our sister show, the Carolina Crow Line, will be coming on to talk about Will Muschamp's South Carolina Gamecock football team. That's all on the Thursday, y'all. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to today's show. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Y'all with John Rawls.